why is it that Eli loves to throw his food on the floor? I mean, some of it gets in his mouth, but every meal it seems like he just wants to throw a piece of broccoli down or I, I don't I don't know what the deal with that is. Oh, um, yeah. So has he launched his plates and cups across the room yet? Has that happened yet? He's launched many things. Okay, yeah. Um, I don't know what it is either. Um, Nico started throwing things, throwing his food and throwing his cups and plates across the room at like, I don't know, you know, 14 months old and it's still going and it's driving me crazy. Mama! Welcome parents to Raising Amazing. Hi, I'm Dr. Joel Gator-Warsh, board-certified pediatrician specializing in integrative medicine. And I'm Serena Vincent. I'm an actor, writer, and new mother. Join us in learning and laughing as we navigate through the messy path of parenthood. And together, let's begin Raising, Raising Amazing. <laughs> I don't know if it's like a toddler thing. I guess it probably is, but but it it's just funny to him when he throws the food down. I don't know. He like he's a good eater. He puts most of the stuff in his mouth, but it seems like every meal there's something that gets on his hand if it's like sticky or he's just decided that this piece of of broccoli is is better on the ground and then he just throws it or you know, sometimes he'll try to push the entire plate just off the side of the table. Uh, I don't I don't know what he's thinking, but Nico does <laughs> this thing where he'll hold like a cup of water and he'll hold it and he'll look at me and I'm like, "Don't drop it. Mm-hmm, don't mm-hmm. do it." Don't do it. And he smiles and he lets go. And it makes me, I mean, (laughs) this is why we're doing this, right? Is so we can learn how to respond appropriately and not just like react in these big crazy ways that make them do these things more. But um, yeah, it makes me crazy. There is a piece of salmon. This is disgusting. But there is a piece of salmon that he threw, I don't know, months ago that like I missed, like I never saw it. And it's like stuck it's just like embedded itself into like the wood floor and like we need to get a razor blade or something. I cannot get it off. I cannot get it off. They're, they're, they have magical talents to yeah. put food in places. You know, you'll, you'll find a meal like uh, six months later, you'd be like, oh, I remember that, that food. It's so <laughs> gross. Well, speaking of plates and throwing things um, and toddler things, we I'm so excited about this episode today. We speak with Dr. Manasa Mantravati about her line of incredible stainless steel dishware for toddlers, Ahimsa Home. And it was a really extraordinary conversation, I feel like, between the two of you, just two pediatricians um, discussing the toxicity of plastics and all the things that we uh, feed our children and feed our children on. Um, And I learned so much, as always, from this episode. It's a great topic because I, mean, I could talk about toxins forever, you know, and I think it's one of the most important uh, general topics really to discuss in terms of our immune systems and our health in general because we're mm-hmm. surrounded by toxins all the time. And, you know, as we grew up, we just didn't think about these things. We didn't think about what the, we didn't think about the dish that we were serving our kids food on or, the fork that they're using or what we're storing our food. It just, that just never crossed my mind until I started learning about this stuff. And, and, um, you know, it's become very clear through a lot of my research that, that plastic, not my research, but all all the research that plastic is not good for you in general. It's not good for our kids and keeping food in that is, is not ideal. And so there are many other options out there like glass and and stainless steel and other things. And so we, we definitely get into that and just talk about, toxins and keeping our kids healthy. So I hope you guys enjoy the episode. Yeah, let's get right into it. 
We are so excited today. We have Dr. Manasa Mantravati. She's a pediatric hospitalist and member of the American Academy of Pediatrics Council and Environmental Health, mother to three young children and an Indian immigrant who grew up using stainless steel at the dining table saw that there were limited, safe, practical dish options for parents, and so she founded Ahimsa Home, the world's first colorful stainless steel dinnerware for kids, and I absolutely love it. You were so generous to send me and Nico some dishware, you know, through my publicist, and I mean, we didn't know each other. I just, like, just showed up at my house one day, and I was just so, well, first of all, my kid loves it. And I hate having plastic in my house. And I know that I can do better. And I have all these things that say BPA free, but I know that that's a bunch of crap. <laughs> <laughs> and um, anyway, what you've created is absolutely beautiful. And we're just super excited to have you. Thanks for having me. It's, this is so awesome. I love uh, talking to people about this and talking to parents about this and fellow pediatricians. So, I mean, mm-hmm, I'm mm-hmm. in the right space. <laughs> it, it's such an important topic too, because there's so much plastic out there, right? There's just so much plastic. I was even watching uh, Seaspiracy uh, on Netflix the last week. And, you know, we were talking about the plastic and all the stuff in the ocean. It's just a, it's a big deal. And, you know, everybody assumes that if it says BPA free, it's okay. Well, I shouldn't say everybody, but I think a lot of, a lot of people think, well, okay, BPA free, that's fine. I'm, I'm doing good. But the reality I, that's, that's I not true. I thought that until... I started doing this podcast. <laughs> it's, 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 I mean, it's better, or maybe. I think it's good that it's BPA free, but still, plastic in general is not, not ideal. There's so many better options available uh, for storing food or really for just about anything. Uh, and there's so much discussion these days about endocrine disrupting chemicals in plates and cups and bowls and everything plastic. So maybe you can walk us through a little bit about, you know, what, what got you into this space and why you were so drawn to stainless steel and then maybe we can talk a little bit about plastic and what that's doing to our bodies sure yeah so this is i didn't set out to be a business owner or um, create products it's not what i uh, was doing with my life a few years they didn't, ago. they didn't teach you that in med school just like no, uh, right <laughs> that 101 you know start with plates and then you move to dishware and forks and then you're, you're you get your degree totally <laughs> It was right in between, you know, anatomy and biochem or something like that. Exactly. <laughs> um, but what what is interesting is that it actually presented itself to me through the American Academy of Pediatrics. So um, much like many people who have gone, you know, through training together, I was on a text message chain with my very best girlfriends from residency who are all pediatricians and moms with young children. Mm-hmm. And one of my friends who's a neonatologist uh, text us and said, oh my gosh, have you guys seen this AAP statement? What are you going to do with all your plastic? I've been putting them in the dishwasher. I've been using plastic for my kids. You know, what, what are you all doing? And so while they were, you know, really frantic about it, um, I just kind of very quietly pulled out my, my own stainless steel that I had eaten on for years and years and decades because it's the standard of choice in India. So stainless steel is kind of everywhere in India, your bowls and your cups and your dinnerware is all made of it. And so I had made the mistake myself when my twins were, we were just starting to introduce solids and I got the cute little plastic cups with the section and the, in the spoons. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. I, my mom came over, I went off to work one day, I came home and my cabinets were empty. 
and she had gotten rid of all of the plastic and went home and brought it back to our home, uh, replaced it with stainless steel. And so the interesting point of all of this is here I am as a mom, have kind of made them make the same mistake, right? Going to the store, buying plastic, my mom scolded me. And five years later, the American Academy of Pediatrics, you know, backs that claim up with evidence. Um, and But the, the main issue is that we have this huge policy statement, but then when you ask parents to go do something, there should be options. And so that mm-hmm. was where I really understood that, you know, while it's a dime a dozen in India, because it's the cultural norm, when you tell parents to do that, they don't have options. When you walk into a store, and those aisles are filled with plastic dishes for kids. And so that's where I felt like very compelled to do something because I knew that there was health effects of plastic on kids. We needed to change, but the industry just didn't have options. So I was like, oh, I should just go make that option. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a no brainer, right? I, mean, I think that we need, we need these options. And, you know, we, I mean, I don't think there's any question at this point that storing your food in plastic is not a smart idea, especially if you're going to heat it up. That's a really bad idea. Um, and so, you know, for me, I use mostly, I would say, glassware at this point. Um, and I'm just curious of your thoughts between glass and, and stainless steel, if it, that's something that's come up in, in your discussions and the pros and the cons of, of those two. Yeah, that's a great question. So, um, so in that policy statement, they basically said avoid plastic to store and serve uh, food. Uh, but if you're going to use it, you know, at least avoid, you know, the plastic that is three, six, seven, avoid uh, putting it in the dishwasher or microwave with the heat. Hold on. I want to interrupt you for a second. What is three, six, seven? Cause I don't know what it is. And I know that many parents also yes. probably don't know. So if you flip over, if you see those recycling symbols mm-hmm. and there's a three, a six or a seven, they all have like assigned numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, those ones are particularly bad. <laughs> and so you can at least look at those numbers and wow. say, Okay, well, if I have to use it, let's not, you know. So here's the thing. They say to use glass or stainless steel. Like, those are the options that they presented. Mostly because those are um, found to be the safest materials and they've been studied the longest, right? We've all used glass and stainless steel for generations. So the, but again, you have to have practical advice. Not everyone may switch over to glass or stainless steel. So they say, okay, instead of, if you're going to use the plastic, try to flip it over, look at the, look at the little codes and avoid three, six, seven, avoid putting in the microwave or the dishwasher because the heat is bad for the chemicals and plastic that can get into your child's food. And if they're etched, you know, you guys have seen all those storage containers that are plastic, mm-hmm. they'll be etched and frayed. If you see those, it's time to stop using them. So, you know, glass is a great option, safe material, study the longest. The practical nature for me of having like very little kids is they like to test gravity. Um, <laughs> so always they do what? Time, right? <laughs> um, but it's a great um, choice for you know if you are going to heat up something in the microwave rather than the stove, you know they, we really recommend glass. So I put all of my storage stuff in glass, stainless steel, and heat it up in in glass if need be. So I think it's a great option. Wow. <laughs> I bought um, little glass when I transitioned uh, Nico from the bottle, from a bottle. I, I'm still breastfeeding him. That's another podcast, though. But <laughs> um, I bought these, like, little mini milk bottles that are glass with little stainless steel um, tops and stainless steel straws. Uh, but I still have plastic in my house that 
I need to get rid of. And it's, when you sent me your set, I was like, okay, this my, Mike is a minimalist. And I was like, we should get rid of all of the plastic and just have these. He was like, great idea. Let's start right now. And we haven't done it yet, but, I, but we need to. But I want to go back. So you said, so there wasn't, you know, parents can go to the store and there is no other option but plastic for them unless they're going to give their kids regular glass dishware. And so you said you just made it. It, that's not easy to walk us through your experience and what you learned along the way in creating this. Yeah. So, um, uh, you know, they don't teach you this in medical school, right? How to, how to, <laughs> products, how to manufacturing and, you know, your business plan, like none of that. They probably but, should you know, though, right? They, they really should. They should teach us how to make stuff so we can make safer stuff. So, you know, what's really interesting along this journey, I have been told over and over and over again, uh, by many people, whether it's in the business world or kind of in the um, like reporters or you know other brands, we wish more physicians would create products wow. because it's true, right? Like we see a lot. Of, like we're we're problem solvers at baseline. Like that's what we do with every single patient. <laughs> like they come in, they have a problem, and we try to understand the problem and create and, and find the solution. By the way, this is also why it's really great as an actor to do a podcast with a doctor because actors are not problem solvers. (laughs) We can see things many different ways. Dr. Gator is a problem solver. It's fun to be in business with you, doctor. Yeah. And and that's exactly, I I honestly wish more, you know, pediatricians and other doctors made products because we can at least see how that translates over um, to our patients and to the, the, the wonderful people that we serve. And so, and the other thing about becoming a physician is that you have this uh, real, like you're really dedicated, you can put in your time, you have this work ethic, and we're really good at learning. Like we may not know mm-hmm. business, we may not know supply chain, mm-hmm. but we really know how to learn. And I think mm-hmm. that is what set me up for um, transitioning into kind of entrepreneurship and launching a company because I was always guided by the mission, which was we have to have a solution for the kids. And so it never felt like this uphill. I mean, there was many times when I felt like this uphill battle, <laughs> but it always felt like there was a purpose to all of it. So along the way, all of the learnings of you know how to create an LLC, how to create a website, how to figure out how to make the products. I think one of the biggest learning lessons for me um, as it relates to that AAP statement, because they said, hey guys, we have a problem with plastic. Here's what parents you can do about it. In the meantime, like you can do what you you know can be empowered to do, but it's really bigger than this. We need the legislation to change. We need the industry to change. That's gonna take some time. So here's what you can do parents instead. But it was in my journey of manufacturing and testing and compliance when I realized there is very little oversight. <laughs> and mm-hmm. that was eye-opening and was that kind of second punch of energy for me to say, oh my gosh, <laughs> what is going on? Like the number of things that I've brought into my home for my children to use, not just dinnerware, but like anything, there's a real, um, there's not a great compliance and oversight that we have in relation to these chemicals. Um, unlike our, uh, colleagues in uh, the European Union. They have very, very stringent requirements and very stringent kind of standards for uh, these specific endocrine disrupting chemicals and other toxins. And so that was really what fueled me to go even deeper into the science and the, and the advocacy of the company. And it, it, it is 
it's shocking. It really is. I mean, I, it's there's no other word for it. I've been involved uh, to try to help out with many uh, different products as a consultant, and I, I love being involved and just trying to help uh, different companies create better options for the things already available because that's really what we need. We need to help out the company. Just like you said, like it would be nice if more doctors got involved. I think it's not necessarily every doctor's passion to be in the business world. Most doctors are very busy, and there's also sometimes even a little bit stigma around mm-hmm. uh, products and promoting things and, and all of that stuff, which I think is there. For, that's, you know, good reason for that to a degree. But at the same time, doctors are in general, really smart people. They have really good motivation and they have the right, you know, guidepost or, or North Star. It's we're trying to help kids or trying to help patients. And what what is who is better to create healthy products than to team up with doctors who know the science the best or work with the science to try to guide healthier products and we have to get away from this stigma because we need to be involved in this because there's such a huge issue and you hit the nail right on the the head there there's so little oversight it's terrifying it's terrifying and the things that there is oversight on usually makes the products worse so it's it's really really tough in the food space and i mean i literally had no idea i I had no Mm -hmm. idea i don't think the average person a parent or a physician or honestly, mm-hmm. most business owners really realize the lack of oversight. And I remember specific times I'm like looking up stuff on the CPSC, which is the um, Consumer Product Safety Council and like the FDA and calling up like the food safety officer, like I need this tested and there's just no guardrails. And it's not that those regulatory bodies are bad, they're there for a reason. It's just, it needs to be updated. So a lot of the chemicals, um, that we, you know, we'll, we'll later talk about. When you look at kind of the FDA, they're really, really good. As you know, when we do drug trials and things mm-hmm. like that, it's a long time, there's a lot of oversight. But remember, it's the FDA. So like on the drug side, we're really good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> on the food side, not so much. And nope. so that's where, you know, whether it's the food that we're eating, um, the packaging that the food is in, the food, like where it's being served, how it's being served, all of that has to come a long way because you know, in, in a report, there's like tens of thousands of chemicals. And when they actually looked at a sample of like 4,000, more than 60% have never been tested for safety in humans. Right. But yet, oh my God. It's generally regarded as safe. Yeah. So right. there's, you know. <laughs> and, and, and that's just, that's not including like America, which is pretty much the worst at this stuff, right? You know, Europe is much, much farther advanced. And even there, there's still very little testing on most things. And there are so many chemicals that are banned in Europe that are totally fine in America. And you can look at, you know, you look at memes on Instagram or whatever, and you're like, look at the packaging of like a bag of chips and, you know, some other country versus America. And you look at the ingredients like, what? Like we have all the crappy ingredients that you've never even, you know, you maybe don't even know what they are. And like, why is it in our packaging and not, and not theirs? Well, they don't allow it. Well, why don't we, why don't we not allow it too then? One of my very best friends is really high up in, um, in, in the chain um, in a big food company and she moved from working very high up in America to overseeing uh, a huge territory European territory and they make different food for them different food different meats and cheeses without I mean it, it's it's so scary I want to go back to something that you said endocrine disruptors I think I know what that means, but I want to hear from you what exactly that means. And I know I am so sensitive to certain things like 
perfumes or colognes will give me an immediate, immediate migraine where I'm down for 12 hours. Is that the same kind of thing that we're talking about? Where it, explain to me and to all of our listeners at home that need to understand like what the effects are of these chemicals. Yes. So I think that's a really great point because when we think about plastic, we know it's bad for the planet. Slam dunk. It's bad. We got to do something about it, right? right? We know it's bad for our environment. And um, but the, the, the thing about the planet is that it's very long term. It's abstract for people to really grasp. Whereas when you say, OK, guess what? We also now know it's bad for health, all human health, not just children, all human health. It makes you 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 start listening a little bit more. Yeah. You're like that's immediate. That's my health. That's my child's health. That's my father's health. And so um, with the endocrine, I think in order to explain what an endocrine disrupting chemical is, um, so these are the chemicals that we find in plastic. We find it in things like uh, flame retardants, um, and we find it in e even some water sources, uh, but particularly like it's very heavy in plastic. And so they're chemicals that look like our natural hormones. So the endocrine system is essentially a series of glands that all kind of talk to each other from the brain all the way down to the thyroid, to the adrenal glands, to the ovaries and testes. So it's a really important system. It kind of guides everything from growth and brain development, so like cognitive neurodevelopment, your puberty, your you know fertility down the road, your ability to fight off infections, all of that. So the endocrine system is very important, but um, it's, it's a series of communication. It's like a lock and key. And so the problem is these chemicals look exactly like that key, which is our hormone. And so if you think about an organ being the, you know, the lock and the hormone being the key, these little chemicals look exactly like the key. <laughs> and so they block and disrupt all of this great communication that our body is naturally supposed to do and interfere with really important things like brain development and growth and sexual reproduction, all of this stuff. So. So it's important because, you know, maybe it's not immediate, but it's really significant. And so um, when you look at these studies, you know, it sounds scary because it is scary. Like it should be scary. However, when you hear about it, I think the most important thing to know is that when you decrease your exposure to these chemicals, that that like greatly decreases um, your risk for all of these interruptions and these really important things. So. I think that's what parents need to understand is not all the scary stuff like, oh my gosh, sperm count decreases, fertility increases, cognitive development is delayed. That's scary. But what we know is that um, these levels, these endocrine disrupting levels, you can measure them in your urine and you shouldn't have them. So I think it's really important for people to understand these are synthetic chemicals. This is not like a natural chemical that should be found in our body. It just be man-made. But now we're finding it from everything from in the fish that we eat to our fetuses that are in pregnant women. Yeah. And so what's, what's, what should be, so that's the scary part, that's the bad news. But the good news is that if you decrease your exposure, those levels can drop pretty significantly within three days. So that should be the reassuring thing for parents and for, for anybody, right? To know that, okay, I can make some small changes and it can have a big effect. So I think that's that's where I want to ensure that people don't get freaked out by this because you can go down a rabbit hole very quickly. You, you can, and that, that, I was going to say it's the same thing, or very similar to most chemicals and toxins, right? I think as as doctors, our job is to make people aware of the problem, right? We need to 
raise a raise a sign and say, hey, you know, this is an issue. There are problems happening. Doesn't mean you should be terrified or, you know, run out to the mountains. You can do that if you want to, I guess, or, you know, go wherever in the mountains and be away from everybody else if you really want to do that. Uh, but that's not the reality of the world, right? So we have to live in the reality of the world and there are going to be chemicals around us. But exactly what you said, you can do something about it. You can certainly reduce it. And you're just because you you have some chemicals in your body doesn't mean it's going to cause a problem. But we know, like most toxins and chemicals, that the more you have in the body, the more of a risk you have. And eventually over time, if it builds up for some people, it gets too high of a level, too much of a burden. And that's when you get sick. And, and this is one of probably many reasons, but very important reason that we're seeing kids get sicker and sicker. And it's a big deal because the statistics don't lie. Kids are getting sicker. And when we're talking about endocrine disrupting chemicals, well, puberty is getting earlier and earlier and earlier and seven eight nine is not abnormal anymore for kids going through puberty whereas it used to be you know 10 11 12 13 14. so something's going on and it doesn't necessarily mean if an eight-year-old starts with puberty there's a problem per se but it's different than before so it's doing something and i think that's really important to point out so when we often talk about things like obesity childhood obesity oh it wasn't there a generation ago precocious puberty or early puberty. Oh, it wasn't there a generation ago. Well, that has to point out that there is something going on that's environmental in nature. Like our mm -hmm. genetics did not change in a generation, <laughs> you know? Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. I think that is where, again, even for adults, does diet and exercise, is that one of the most important things to, you know, maintain healthy weight and, and, and things of that sort? Sure. But should we totally dismiss all the underlying environmental kind of toxins that are actually interfering with a lot of those things, like whether it's your pancreas or your adipose tissue. I mean, there are real things happening, but we just don't see it. And it's like so in the background that we can't think about how it's actually affecting us. So I think that's what's really important to see is that there's such a shift in such a short period of time that's not you know just evolution that is something external that's they're causing these changes right and the way to combat that is to create better products right it's, it's because you're not going to change society we're not going to get rid of plastic tomorrow right that's not going to happen i mean hopefully over the long run we can get smart enough to really decrease or get rid of the things that we know cause all these issues but in the short term you create products that are stainless steel you create products that are glass you get these things out of the store you do things on a, on a macro level as much as you can and it has to start with families it has to start with doctors it has to start with all of us together pushing a change because you know there wasn't organic food 50 years mm -hmm. ago right it just was but then everybody started wanting it because we needed it and then companies are making organic food if you are like i'm not going to buy something with the plastic wrap then they're not going to make it with plastic wrap and I have a question. Like, okay, first of all, I have a <laughs> bunch of things to say. But in Europe, they also serve their water in glass bottles. When you buy a bottle of water in Italy, it's in a glass bottle. Why can't we do that here? Why also, why am I drinking out of plastic? And when I already oh. know. So I have a question for you. They like, can't I see already that, know Serena. this is bad. They, they, they By the way, they can't. this is not my fault. I keep telling Mike not to order this from Instacart, but he does. So I'm going to Serena, they, they, they can't see you. They can't see you. You're holding a bottle well, of plastic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, I'm holding up a bottle of Smart Water, not getting, an, not getting sponsored by Smart Water now that I'm talking crap about plastic, right? But, um, like, and all right, I have a question for you, doctor. Both of you. I ask Dr. Gator these things all the time. 
Do you give your kids water out of plastic bottles? Uh, I personally don't. Okay, so if you were traveling and on an airplane and they only had water in a plastic bottle, would you would would you do that? No, right? Well, so here here's I think what's uh, really important. It's yes. also practical. Like you got to do what's practical and what may work for one family may not work for another family. No, what but I know, but I, but I want to know what you guys do for your kids. Mm-hmm. And I think that's huge. And I think parents need to know that doctors aren't giving their kids water out of plastic bottles. I, I need to hear that. I, I travel with stainless steel water bottles. So whether we're on a road trip or if we're going and we, you know, you have to like dump it out. I usually just refill it because practically speaking, it's nice to have water on hands for, for children who yeah. are suddenly thirsty, you know, 30,000 feet in there. I don't even have, know how how high that's uh, right like, oh, but, um, but so that's but again would I if my child was thirsty on an airplane and I didn't have a water bottle with me would I absolutely accept a cup of water on an airplane out of a plastic cup yes have we like if we go to other people's houses and they're serving out of plastic am I completely saying no to that no because I think it's important we can't always be functioning 100% of the time Right, because like like Dr. Gator said, you can't go just live in the mountains. And even when you go live in the mountains, there's other toxins there, <laughs> like in the soil. <laughs> so it's not about eliminating toxins; it's just about decreasing the exposure as much as you can in practical ways. Right, and I'll answer too because I think it's a really good question yeah. for me. And I I used to drink much more out of plastic than I do now. Sarah, my wife, super against plastic. We don't have any plastic in the house in terms of any water. So in the general, we do not drink out of plastic. Even the water that we get, we have the glass bottle shipped in, mm-hmm. um, like uh, you know, like the sparklets thing, but just like out of glass that um, we get that in. But when we're out, if that's the only thing available, yeah, we'll have it out of plastic if that's the only option. But that's the problem, right? If it's the only option, it shouldn't be the only option. It should be available out of glass. But you also have to balance the fact that if you bring your own let's say canteen with you, like it's great if you have water in there, but if you need more, then where do you get that water from? Do you go to the, the fountain? Do you get the water? There's probably more chemicals in the in the water that you get in the fountain at like an airport right. than, than in a in an Evian bottle, right? Or a smart water. So there's, there's a balance because I don't want the plastic chemicals, but I also really, really don't want the chemicals from the water that is, you know, coming through the pipes in general, especially in Los Angeles, which is terrible and has, you know, horrible, horrible ratings. So you're probably getting worse stuff out of that than just the plastic. So you balance. Because if you have very minimal plastic, then usually your body can handle it, right? If you're not drinking out of plastic most of the time, a little bit of plastic is probably not going to be a big deal for most people. So you you balance the two. So the answer is not never. It's almost never, never. That's where balance comes in. Yeah, absolutely. But this is what why we're doing this, right? The raising amazing is all of these little changes. If we can every day be like, okay, what what can we do better? Then then we're doing it better. And yeah. We're just trying to uh, <laughs> raise amazing kids here, and it's just it's it's all really scary. But the fact that we can make little changes is really great. I want to ask you a question about food. I know that from watching your Instagram <laughs> that you're a big cook, and how what do you do to de- decrease the chemicals in the food in your home? Um, that's a great question. So I think one of the biggest things for me, so I would say two major things. One is, so I'm vegetarian. <laughs> so in general, we, you know, so, so in that AAP statement, they talk about, you know, how to serve food and where to serve it out of. We talked about plastic and glass and stainless steel. 
But they also said eat fresh, like whole foods. I eat um, organic when possible because that really decreases the pesticide exposure. Mm -hmm. And really eat fewer processed meats because those those have a ton of, of kind of toxins. And so if you're going to eat meat, maybe, you know, potentially kind of not necessarily the highly processed ones like hot dogs and ham and like other things, rather, you know, go to your local butcher store, things of that sort. So those are, you know, again, not life-changing options, right? Like those mm -hmm. are simple, practical things. So for me, it's always serving as much fresh organic things that I can. Am, am I serving mac and cheese from time to time? Of course. Like, okay, good, thank you. <laughs> okay. I mean, I'm not a robot, you know? Ah, I'm, I'm learning the American Academy of Pediatrics right now. I know, I know. Well, it's like the organic one, I don't know, and I put some, I put some real cheese in there. But, but I, think that's, I think that's the thing, is that parents don't need to feel like I need to farm everything in my backyard and then put it on the table fresh for my child every meal. That's not practical, you know? But making small changes, like trying to avoid the processed food, trying to avoid cans. So I think that's really important for uh, parents to know the canned food. Uh, there's always a detectable uh, level of BPA, um, which we had kind of started talking about BPA. I think it's really important for everyone listening to know that BPA is just one chemical in a family called bisphenols. And so BPA, BPS, BPF, like all of the replacement, it just happened to get the bad reputation. So it's like... You know, a few people are like, oh, BPA is bad. And, you know, brands got scared because mom spoke up. And so they said, okay, we're going to not put BPA, but we're going to put BP, BPS and F. And they're <laughs> equally, if not worse. Oh and so I think it's really important, again, not to be scared, but to understand that bisphenols, phthalates, perchlorates, these are all families of toxins. Again, you're not going to eliminate them, but by doing fresh organic produce, decreasing your processed meat, decreasing... Um, you know, the use of plastic and definitely avoiding it in the in the dishwasher or, or uh, microwave. Those are really easy, practical things to at least implement right away. And then I always cook when, you know, you asked about cooking. I always try to cook on um, stainless steel or cast iron because the the, the nonstick on, uh, we, we know that that's also bad. Right. <laughs> that's so, yeah. So I think it's, you know, these aren't you know, groundbreaking things that parents have to do. They, they're pretty simple and practical. And again, if you do the mac and cheese from time to time, it's really, you're not a bad parent. I don't think I'm a bad parent, <laughs> I do. No, <laughs> I, I, and I agree. And that's exactly the way that I feel. And even going back to Serena, what you said about the scariness of this, but it is scary, but only if you think about it from that way. We talk about this a lot. We talk about it a lot on the podcast. I talk about this a lot. It's it's not about scaring parents. It's not about this like huge deal that you have to like change your whole life. No, you just need to do a few simple things. And usually it comes down to spending more time, sometimes spending more money, not necessarily always, but sometimes it is a little bit more expensive to do mm -hmm. things in a healthy way. And then you just shifting your focus to health, thinking about things that are healthy and prioritizing what is healthier and spending more time cooking like just like you said like stainless steel okay stainless steel uh or non-stick pans sorry non-stick pans um it might be faster and easier to clean but you every time you gain something with speed you lose in your health mm. almost always you always are going to lose when you gain for this this practicality this fast pace if we're getting more food really quickly apples off of you know farm where they're not doing the soil properly that you lose something you lose something every time so it's about time 
and priority. And sometimes it does cost a little bit more money, but it doesn't cost you more money over a lifetime because if you're not sick, then you're not spending you know, thousands of dollars or you know in the hospital and those kind of things. So it's 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 really important to think about things and not to be scared, just to understand the general concept that we must take health into our own hands because just like you said, mm-hmm. over a generation, health has fallen off a cliff and that's because of our environment almost for sure many things but mm-hmm. we can take that back into our own power and say okay we're gonna focus on our home we're gonna focus on what we can control and you control 90 percent of all that stuff and you have mac and cheese every now and again not the end of the world you're gonna do fine but if you do this every day if you cook with plastic every day if you you know jump into a vat of chemicals every single day it's probably not gonna end well yeah and uh, you know all these things you know, minimizing, like you said about, you know, your husband, you don't, you know, maybe things are more expensive. So, you know, I I recognize that our products are more expensive than the plastic dishes, but I only want you to have one. And I want you to decrease the amount of stuff that's in your house or that goes into the landfill because, you know, plastic, I think we're, we've focused really on the health, but remember less than 10% of plastic is actually recyclable. So those cute little codes on the back often don't mean anything (laughs) because they're not being recycled. So it's important to to do all these things for our own health, but for the health of the planet, because it's like the one planet our children are gonna live in. So I think that collectively as parents, if we kind of band together and make these small changes and, and stand up with the power of our wallets and purchasing the right products, calling up your legislators or saying, I don't like this, that's how we get change. It's not just one person, it's not me and my company, it is all of us together doing small little steps and. Um, you know, I think the future is bright because I think that that is where we are going, but it's certainly, we're, we're not there yet, but I think that it's at least in our power. You know, you said you only need one and it's true. So you sent me one and I keep saying I'm going to buy more, but I haven't bought more yet, but I really don't need any more. I just want to buy some for some, from friends. I have the Ahimsa home stainless steel rainbow set for Nico and it's this, I am not trying to sell dishes for you although I really want everyone to go buy a set because you really only need one and it's super easy to clean and it's all we use I don't even know why we have you know what we moved he took the plastic stuff and he moved it to like his little play kitchen and he's playing with it but I should just toss it I will as soon as we hang up (laughs) you really do only need one it's super easy to clean and why that's a whole other podcast about why we have so much (laughs) stuff I mean, my kids eat off of when we go visit my parents or my in-laws. They're eating off of the same the same like stainless steel plates and cups and bowls that we did like you know thirty years ago. So So, cute! No, it lasts. Like you don't. Awesome. You know. (laughs) (laughs) We have a a question from a mom. Uh, So it's from Jennifer, and uh, she wants to know how do you handle your kids eating at friends' houses? parties and school do you send them with their own food or do you let them eat whatever they want sometimes yeah uh they they don't eat meat so they know like from a young age they're like hi my name is you know so-and-so and and i'm vegetarian i'm like well we don't eat that every time but so like so (laughs) that limit um you know again i'm pretty i try to be practical in the way that i don't like live myself but then also for advice for parents because um it's not that easy necessarily, unless the child has food allergies, like real food allergies and, and needs to be sent with their own food and, and medication. For me, when they go to another friend's house where they're going to a birthday party pre-pandemic, um, I'm pretty much okay with whatever, as long as it's not me for vegetarian. And so I think 
because I know that the other 95% of the time that we're home and cooking fresh and, and eating healthy and serving off of, you know, safer materials, um, that I'm doing a good enough job. And that's, I think that's the big thing is like, you just have to do good enough. You don't, you can't be perfect um, and you can't do nothing. And so somewhere, wherever that fine line is for you, I think that's what people have to do. But that's what I do personally. I just, I'm totally fine with it because it's so few and far between. Yeah, that's a good analogy too. It just, you know, wherever you are in that, uh, in the scale of doing something. And then, you know, as a parent, well, what can you take away from this episode or what can you take away from this? Well, look on your own scale and try to go one step forward. That's it. Whatever it is. If you do it once a week, do it twice a week. If you cook on plastic, try to get something stainless steel or glass. Get you know, one thing, you know, from all this stuff, from this podcast and other podcasts, whatever you're listening to out there. Just try another to make podcast. small, What's whatever, that? whatever, another show. There, there are other podcasts. You, you know what? At the end of the day, that's what, you know, as pediatricians, we don't really care as long as the kids are healthier. So wherever you're listening, I mean, they're listening right now if they're listening to it, right? right. So they, they're not yeah. going to other podcasts. <laughs> it's so funny that you say that because it is so true that pediatricians, right? For me, now I'm a business owner and I'm like, if you buy my products, great. But like, if there are other products out there and I hope that we can get competition because then that means there's more products out there that are available for parents, you know, because at the end of the day, that's what we went to school for. Like, that's what we committed our life to. Like, Dr. Gator's going to start a line of stainless steel dishware. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the much better stainless steel dishes for kids. <laughs> Part two. Um, we can make it so that it automatically serves the broccoli too. It's like a robot. Like, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I wanted to ask you also, we ask everyone at Raising Amazing what the most amazing piece, what was the most amazing piece of creating this new line of products? What, what was the most amazing part for you? Um, I think for me, it, it involved my kids. So, you know, the whole concept came from really forging like the three parts of my life. Like one is the Indian roots, right? Like I, I was familiar with stainless steel. I grew up on it. And, and so taking something that was from my own roots and then merging it with the idea for the color actually came from, you know, it. <laughs> cool. it's, um, it's, it's the same process that they use in medical implants um, with titanium. So there's no, I didn't want anything that was going to be like a paint or then a toxic chemical mm-hmm. or something that would chip or peel and go back into the children's food because that would, you know, by making it pretty, I didn't want to negate the safety. <laughs> and right. so. I saw that in the medical world for indwelling medical implants. So like titanium rods that go in people's spines or their- um, They're rainbow? They're, so, so actually they are, there are different colors of them because what happens is um, when a surgeon, let's say, is putting in different parts, sometimes like one brand may be blue and one brand may be you know, green. And I, and I remember seeing that and thinking, how are they getting color on that? Because that's going into somebody's body. <laughs> so mm. what is that? And that's, so again, taking something from my roots that was really traditional and, and normal. That's pretty cool. And then taking yeah. together. <laughs> so, so I think that was the moment for me when we got that first prototype and saw it, my kids' eyes just were like, wow, what is this? And that was the moment for me that I thought, yeah. this is it. Like, I've got to do this. Like, I, there's no... There's no turning around now. <laughs> and, and as a pediatrician, you've answered the question of uh, what was the most useful part of your surgical rotation. You're right, right? Yeah, <laughs> not, yeah not, not the surgery. <laughs> <laughs> the right. That is amazing. I'm so 
inspired by you, proud of you. That's so, that's such a weird word, but for, for doing it, you know, you're a doctor, you're, and you have three kids, you're busy. You didn't need to do this. And that's really cool. Oh, thank you. Really yeah. cool. I, I, tell, I felt compelled to do it. I, I, it certainly, I could have had a much less hectic life. I can tell you that much. And I hope it, w- it wouldn't be that non-hectic though. It it's wouldn't be non-hectic. Hectic. Exactly. <laughs> At baseline is hectic already, right? Right. <laughs> Tell everyone where they can find you, where they can find their own new sets of dishware after they clean out their cupboards. Uh, doc, DrGator.com slash... Uh, right. right. I'm just making... <laughs> Broccoli, stainless steel plates. Yeah. <laughs> so um, you can visit us at Ahimsa Home. So A-H-I-M-S-A home.com. Um, and our handle is Ahimsa Home USA. Um, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook and we're on Pinterest. And uh, the word ahimsa is a Sanskrit word uh, meaning avoiding harm. So I wanted something that was going to avoid harm for the children. And, you know, much like uh, Dr. Gator and I took our Hippocratic Oath, it's to avoid harm for patients. So I felt like it was like the perfect word to describe what the, this product and the company stood for. Can you spell that? Because it might, you know, I don't know how well it comes through. Yeah. Um, it's not it's a, a word people might be familiar with. Yeah. So the word is called ahimsa, A H I. M-S-A, and our actual website is ahimsa, A-H-I-M-S-A, home, H-O-M-E dot com. So you can find us there and we're having, um, you know, we're always doing these great contests and stuff and trying to get products into people's hands because we really do want you to buy less stuff, which is, again, I'm told that I'm a horrible business person because I keep telling people to buy less of my stuff. Um, and they, you know, in the business world, apparently that's not what you do. So, but I, I mean, it. <laughs> I want, you know, and, and every, um, every sale, every single sale, a portion of, um, every sale goes to uh, a local foundation called the Patachu Foundation. They help fight child, uh, childhood food insecurity. Um, because so for many parents, the, the battle of plastic is not on their priority list because they just need food on the table. And so for us, like why we want to remove plastic off the table, for many, many children who don't have access, we want food on the table. So everything that comes from our company, a portion of that goes to, to serve those kids healthy food. Beautiful. Love amazing. <laughs> you yeah. are amazing, doctor. Thank you oh, for being here. Thank, Thank you. Truly. <laughs> Thank you for having me. This is great. I love her. I do. I love her and I love her product. Like, as I said in the interview, I've actually bought more sets since we did that interview. Um, and, uh, I mean, we use it and we've gotten rid of all of our plastic now. And, um, I don't know. I love how she created the colors from the titanium. Yeah. They're fun. I mean, Eli yeah. loves to play with it and <laughs> there's such a, it's such a fun, uh, neat idea and it's a great alternative to glass. You know, as, as I said, a lot of times, you know, a lot of people use glass. I, I use glass at home as much as I can, but it also can break. Right. And so you have to, uh, you know meet in the middle somewhere and, and thinking about you know uh, metals um, especially if the food's not on it for a long time is, is a really good alternative and this is fun you know it's durable um, and this is what we need to be doing this is what doctors need to be doing this is what uh, people who are starting companies and corporations need to be thinking about is what can we do to improve things just a little bit you know there's many mm-hmm. there's many op- op- opportunities out there and options and, and ways that we can decrease our toxic load and any little bit helps and if everybody just did a little bit of this and if we you know decrease our plastic use uh, in kids uh, 
kids cookware and dishes and in general, then that would improve their health a little bit, it'd improve parents' health a little bit, it'd improve the planet health a little bit, right? So we just have to find ways and we need more uh, doctors and practitioners and companies to step up and, and do the right thing and not necessarily what's gonna be the most financially beneficial, but it's you know easier to say it than for companies to probably do that because they, they still want to make money so right but she <laughs> is you know she's mm-hmm. one of those people that 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 is doing it the right way and we need more of her and she's as she says like it, it's not easy <laughs> and it's a lot a lot of time um but i'm grateful for her and i really i hope that we see her stuff in target i hope that we see her stuff in whole foods and like or you know walmart i don't know where, wherever people are wherever people are buying baby um, you know, products, um, because like, as she said in the interview, there isn't another option. There isn't really. No, I've never, I've never it's seen tough. anything like what she, she created, yeah. which I guess everything is, why, is plastic. It's why it's doing yeah. well. You know, I think people, yeah. she found a good need and she's, she's filling, filling the void. So, you know, check out the company and check out the products and, um, and let's like, all do little yeah. tiny things to yeah, remove things. the toxins from our lives. Yeah, every little bit helps. Don't forget, you don't have to change everything and do everything and move to the middle of the woods. You can if you want to, but you don't need to, right? There are little things you can do every day to improve things just a little bit, and that's going to make a big difference in the health of your family. That's right. Let's keep raising the bar on ourselves so we can raise amazing children. Thank you all so much for joining us each week. Please be sure to subscribe to the Raising Amazing podcast so you don't miss out on any upcoming episodes. You can also follow us on Instagram at Raising Amazing Podcast to catch any extra fun goodies for you and your kiddos. And if you'd like to submit a question to be featured on the show, you can send in your questions to RaisingAmazingPodcast at gmail.com along with your name and your city. That's it for us for now. We'll catch you next Wednesday on raising amazing. Happy parenting. May the force be with you.